Welcome back to the H&H Hour podcast. I am one of your hosts, Heidi Bolt. I'm here with my best friend, Heather Taves. Hi, Heather. Hi. You're also my sister. I am your sister. Yes. We've been sisters for, how old are you? 35. 35 years. Yeah. 35 You know what I think is very, very interesting? People confuse us all the time. What? And I don't even think we look all that much alike. No. We I mean, don't. you have brown eyes and I have blue eyes. Yeah. We both have dark hair. Yeah. But I'm quite a bit taller than you. Yeah. Funny. I don't know. I guess it's just the H's. Well, and the fact <laughs> that we do think very similarly. We do. So, I mean, we joke all the time about the cloud. Yeah. And how we, our brains track along the same yeah. lines. So it's probably more that than actually how we look, but. True. It could yeah. be. Well, if this is your first time listening, we're so glad that you've joined us. Thanks for checking us out. Maybe you've clicked on our podcast because someone sent it to you, or maybe you have clicked on your podcast because it popped up in your, you'd like this podcast yes. because you listen to these I other podcasts. I do I love too. Those. I know. I find so many good podcasts Same. that way. Um, but we're so glad that you're here. And the point of this show is really to highlight that ordinary is extraordinary. Yeah. That we all have these lives. And really, I think you could ask anyone who's living and breathing right now. Yes. And they would say, I have a very ordinary life. Yeah. I am an ordinary person. Um, because we all see our lives through that lens. Yeah. Right? But when we begin to see our lives, our ordinary lives, as extraordinary expressions. Yeah of this life we get to live, that God has given us to live, it changes everything. And all of a sudden, we can do the things that we do on an ordinary basis, and we can find joy in them, and we can find hope and excitement and really just even fullness in this life that we're supposed to live. So that's a very long explanation of why we do this podcast. But one of the things that we do is we bring guests on who get to tell their ordinary stories. And Heidi, one one of my favorite things about this is that Our prerequisite for bringing guests on isn't that they've written a bestseller. It's not that they've started some amazing organization. It's not that they've achieved some greatness in the world's terms Mm -hmm. of success. It's that they um, are ordinary. Yes. And that we have heard from God about bringing them on. So that's one of my favorite things. Well, and Heather, we hear from guests or we hear from listeners over and over and over about every single guest like, I needed to hear that. Yeah. That was a word for me. Yeah. And and I love it how God does that because so often we'll end up with a guest that we go, man, how did we even end up with that person as a guest? How did we even get there? But it's just so cool how God weaves these stories to speak using technology right. in a day and age where my voice wouldn't be able to reach somebody in Zambonia, you know, but right. yet in technology we can. Yep. And so just what an incredible way for the word of God and for encouragement for other people to go out. Mm-hmm. So I love this format mm-hmm. so much. So Heather, we're excited today as a guest mm-hmm. and we're going to welcome Becca Schaefer to the H&H Hour. Hi, Becca. Hi, thank you for having me on. It's an honor to be here. It was fun just seeing you guys interact there. So cute. <laughs> so Becca, this is, you're, you're a unique guest to us because, okay, let me get this right. You are our co-sister-in-law. According to you and Kip, right? Did he no, figure that out? No, this is according to a Google search. If you Google <laughs> search. <laughs> because you... Google knows everything. Okay, so you and our younger sister, Holly, are sister-in-laws. Yes. You are married to brothers. Yes. So because we are Holly's sisters, you are our co-sister-in-law. Okay. That is the legal term. Did you know that? I did not. 
Now okay. you know. <laughs> and the unique thing is you actually sort of look like us. I do. I get that a lot. Yeah. I do. So you and Holly look more alike than your husbands, who are brothers. Yep. We actually went out for dinner, like, when we were, well, when they were dating, and Phil and I were married, and we asked our waiter, like, okay, who do you think are siblings? And, of course, he was like, well, the girls, of course. I'm like, Hilarious. no, <laughs> it's their brothers. That is so funny. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, we just, we want to give you a huge public shout mm-hmm. out because we adore you. You Thank are, you. we've done a lot of life with you over mm-hmm. the last, how many years? Nine. Nine or ten years? Or, Something like yeah. that. Yeah. So better part of a decade. Yeah. And we've done a lot of life together. Yeah. Haven't we? Yes, we yes. have. Okay, so Heather and I know you pretty well. Yep. We do. I actually remember the first time I met her. Yes. Okay. I don't. I do. Have you heard this story? No. Oh, this is you so You should fun. be nervous. <laughs> okay, so we were part of a church. Yes. That you had just started exactly. coming yeah. to. Like. I'm not even sure if you had been there consistently, maybe just had visited a couple times. Okay. What, like college age, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you were with a group of people at a large table at Cracker, Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel. Okay. And I, I walked that. in and a mutual friend of ours was like, I have to introduce you to Beckett. Just truth be told, he liked you yeah. and he wanted me to meet you to, you know, approve of you. <laughs> um, and I went over to meet you, but you were sick. You had a cold and you were like, really like you didn't want to have a lot of conversation because you didn't feel well, which looking back now, like I totally get that when you're sick, you just like, don't, don't talk to me. You know, we all do that. And so my first impression of you was standoffish. No, just that you were this little girl who was sick that just needed like to be home in bed. (laughs) Isn't that funny? That's hilarious. I I do not remember that at all. Obviously you made an impression on me. Okay. It wasn't bad. It's felt like I felt motherly towards you. <laughs> Some of our listeners don't know much about you, even yeah. though we do. So tell us a little bit about yourself, about your hubby, your sweet boy. Sure. Your life, like what makes up Becca Schaefer's life? So I've been married to the best guy for, it'll be six years. And we have a darling little boy named Kale. He's two and a half. Mm-hmm. And we are expecting our second baby in March. Yay. We actually find out the gender at the end of this month, too. So that's fun. Yeah. You're going to tell us all, right? Yes, the gender. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. Not Definitely the name. Mm, I don't think that so. That you keep private. <laughs> I do. That's okay. It's something fun. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, but I used to work at a dentist office for probably like three years up until we had our son. And I felt called to be home. Um, awesome. And so Kale is how old did you say? Two and a half. Two and a half. So they'll be right at three years apart, right? About. Yeah. Okay. That's a great span. It is. And yeah. we have to tell a funny story about Kale. So he's just the sweetest little boy and he's, he's not a, little. He's, you know, he's, he's not, giant. He's, yeah, he's a giant. He is adorable. <laughs> he is, but we have a soft spot in our heart for him. And oh, yeah. he adores my daughter who's eight. Jules. How does he say Jules. her name? Jules. 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 And when we go over to their house, he'll stand at the window and wave to her. Mm. But she's a gymnast, and so she's always flipping around and, like, lifting her leg up in the air and all this stuff. But he mimics her. He does. It's so He's, like, infatuated with her. Well, I mean, she's a beautiful blonde. What's not to love? (laughs) It's so cute. It is so cute. I've watched that video so many times. She sent me a video of him. Well, it's just so funny because he's, like, a little... He's like a little tank. He is. And she's like a little flexible rubber band. They yeah. couldn't be more opposite. Exactly. So I yeah, love that. Yeah, he looks like he's three and a half, people think. Yeah. But mm-hmm. 
He's not. It's just big. And your son and my daughter have their own hashtag. They do. Yes. So my daughter is Collins. And so we lovingly refer to them as kale and cauliflower. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, we tease. They're kind of being raised as cousins. Yeah. They're going to be really confused if they do end up like liking each other. I don't know if there's a term for that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't Google that. Don't Google Google that one. (laughs) You have to move south. (laughs) <laughs> for that to be okay yeah that, I mean that could just be interesting yeah but it would really like cross wires mm-hmm. one of my favorite things about kale is so we're in church leadership with you guys mm-hmm. you guys go to church with us we we do so much life with you and um your sweet little kale you guys sit on the front row with us and your husband leads worship yes and so like nine and a half nine point seven five times out of 10, your husband's on stage yes. leading yep. and you and Kale are in the front row with us. And he has such a heart for worship. He is two and a half years old and he stands up like he's 30 years old and he raises his hands mm-hmm. and he sings and he dances and he claps mm-hmm. with his little tassie, we call it, his pacifier in his mouth. And it is the sweetest thing. Yeah. And I love it so much. And I just want to publicly say the reason he does that is mm-hmm. because you and Phil have emulated a heart of worship in your home, in your lives. And that is the fruit. Um, I think it's so awesome and unique that you're getting to see the fruit of your faithfulness and your obedience in your son at such a young age. Thank you. That means a lot. It's really powerful. Can you tell our listeners, this isn't on our question, so I'm springing this on you, but you play something in your home on your TV a lot of the time. And I think that's part of it because you've, you've brought this culture and this presence into your home instead of just putting cartoons on and there's nothing wrong with watching Mm -hmm. cartoons I'm not saying that all but tell us about that yeah so oftentimes I would say like in the morning we usually have worship music playing and we get to start our day I'm making breakfast or Phil's up helping make breakfast and so that's kind of in the background and Kale's always like song song like he's wanting another song to play and so Um, That just kind of sets our day. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but he knows what guitars are, even when they're in their cases. Mm -hmm. And so when he goes downstairs, he'll see them there and he'll want Phil to get the guitar out and he'll Mm -hmm. sit on his lap and he'll play. And Phil's kind of type A a little bit. So (laughs) when he first like started wanting to play, he's like, be gentle, be gentle. But now it's like, that's just kind of what he does. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and I love, cause I've been in your home several times where I've come in and you just, you have worship music on mm. your TV. Mm-hmm. Like you just put on like YouTube, YouTube yes. and play worship music. Yeah. And so and he'll dance and yeah. he'll play and yeah. So your son yeah. is just seeing this modeled. He's seen yeah. worship, worshiping the King of Kings mm. modeled for him because you're bringing it into your home and you're being intentional. And I think that's so wise. And mm. it's such a, it's a, such a great tool to get that into your son's spirit at such an early age. Yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing is though, is before he like started worshiping and things like that, I would, I was holding him mm-hmm. and it got to the point where he got so heavy that I couldn't hold him the yeah. entire time. And I was a little nervous to set him down for fear of like him running a- away or, you know, not being drawn to what was happening at church. And the weekend that I sat him down for the first time is when it started. And I was like, thank you, Lord. Like, yes. this is an answer to prayer. Yes. So it was just really cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And what a way to just show that 
our kids have a heart for the Lord. Yeah, yeah. for and, sure. And we need to expect that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That they, you know, not not expect that they're just going to be bored, but that they're going to feel that Holy Spirit presence. Yeah. And Cultivate participate that. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so we could talk about Sweet Kale all day because he's so I cute. Know. <laughs> but um, you know this because you listen to the H&H Hour. But we ask all of our guests this. Becca, what's something about your life that feels ordinary? So I'm probably going to answer this like combined. Okay. <laughs> but I feel like us as people, as men and women alike, we can view our lives as super ordinary. Um, but I feel like a lot of ordinary days can can add up to an extraordinary life. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that because of the very things that God has called us to and the very things that he's purposed us for. And it's just kind of like that. I can look at it through my own lens, seeing the laundry or the dishes or tending to kale or things like that, um, as ordinary, or I can view it through the lens that Jesus, you know, views it through. And that's extraordinary. And I can't help but think if I want to experience the, extraordinary things in my life, I have to also embrace like the ordinary parts of it. Mm-hmm. So well said. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's exactly the point of this podcast. So are, is there anything about yourself that you feel is extraordinary? I think since knowing the Lord, I think that has made me extraordinary. I think seeing myself before I didn't really have anything that I could be like, yeah, like that's, that's what makes me extraordinary. But I think knowing who Jesus is to me and then finally realizing like who I am in him. Yeah. That's what makes me extraordinary. Let's, let's go there. What, what was your journey to finding life with Jesus? So I grew up in a Christian home and when I was, um, around third grade, or a little younger, I can't really remember. My parents actually got divorced. Mm-hmm. And so we did a little bit of church hopping. Um, never really felt at home anywhere. I didn't really know that you could feel at home in a church. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very inconsistent. Um, and my parents got remarried. One of them got remarried when I was in fourth grade. And then another um, a little later on. And we went through a second bout of divorce. And um, throughout high school and things like that, I found a great youth group um, that we were a part of. But I also was in a church that was very small. It was almost like a schoolhouse type um, church. It was very um, traditional. Not saying traditional is bad, but we were the youngest. Yeah. Um, And it was my siblings, and then a lot of the older generation. And so I knew a lot of Bible um, stories that everyone would know going to church normally. Um, And attending my youth group, though, is where I felt the presence of Jesus there. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that at the time. Um, But heading into college, I went to ISU. And the first weekend that I was there, a friend of mine was like, hey, you should check out this church. I'd heard about it before. And the first weekend that I was there, I ended up driving back home and 
coming to that church. And I remember like not ever wanting to leave. Mm -hmm. I encountered something there that I had never encountered before. And I think that that's where my journey like actually started. Mm -hmm. Just finding who I was. Is this the same church where you met your husband? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like a year later. <laughs> yeah. We're a pretty big fan of your husband. We are. Yeah. yeah. We are. I should say a funny story. So go for it. I met him at the cafe at that church. Mm -hmm. And he had just gotten home from a super long trip, which I think he was in Europe, in mm -hmm. Slovakia, mm -hmm. which he says that he would take me there and he still hasn't. But he tend to fill. <laughs> he walked into the cafe and I was getting my coffee and everything and I turn around and I just smile at him. And in that moment, he just kind of like looked at me and I said, are you from Tremont? Because we had known mutual friends and he said, yeah, I are. And I said... <laughs> I are, and he was so embarrassed, <laughs> and then, then he had, like, the, he had this audacity to ask me to sit next to him during, you know, the service, and so we did, and. I have never heard this story. You haven't? <laughs> this is the most He's wonderful like, story. He said you smiled at me, and I literally, like. Lost his mind. Yeah. I couldn't speak, so he said that. I feel like I want to get him a t-shirt made that says I are. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that is the best. Okay, well, I know for a fact that we don't have to get into all the details of this, obviously, but there was a season where you dated and, and you broke up with him. I did. And he came to my house um, and stood in my kitchen broken. Did he have his big beard then? Because he definitely grew out a beard. I don't remember. This was day one. <laughs> this was like, you broke his heart. He came to my house and stood in my kitchen with Weepy. my yeah. husband and myself, sobbing like the world had ended. Mm. And I'm just standing there like, it's going to be okay. It's mm. going to be okay. If she doesn't come back to you, like it's, you know. So I just like to yeah. remind him of that every now and then. Thanks for coming back to him. Yeah. I feel like our world would be a little more difficult had you not. Well, honestly, the main reason why I broke up with him is because he was like talking marriage like the second weekend. Freaked you out. It did. I mean, I knew like he was everything that God wanted for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that scared me too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then when the marriage thing came up, I was like, no, no, mm -hmm. I'm not I ready for like that. I feel like your wedding <laughs> vows should have not been I do. It should have been IR. That would have been so that awesome. That would have been so great. I should have said it. Yeah. And then he would have probably been like, what? what? Yeah. This inside joke. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Well, obviously, <laughs> from, from the moment he saw you, you took his words. You took his breath away. Yeah, so, obviously. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. What a love story. That's so sweet. And, and you know what I, years later. what I love about you two is that you're very different. Yes. But you complement each other so well. And to see you work together mm -hmm. and to see God just take you as individuals but as a couple too and, and just sort of um, fast forward how he's using you, yeah. you know, and, and it – I've loved watching you over specifically the last four years begin to walk in this call that God has on your life. Um, but I can't wait to see what's mm. to come because I feel like you're just at the brink yeah. of what he's going to do. I agree. Let's let's have that conversation okay. about what her journey okay. has looked like let's because you're part of the leadership team of a church, yep. which, um, you know, not many young couples mm -hmm. have that experience. Yeah. So you guys have been part of a leadership team for four years now. Something we never thought we would be a part of. Yeah. And, you know, for the first, correct me if I'm wrong, but for the first couple of years, like you're kind of a behind the scenes, yes, like Phil's the much. guy that 
is up leading worship and preaching and teaching and can carry a conversation with anybody. And, and knows what his call, knows who he is. Yeah. And knows what his place is. Yeah. Yep. Well, and he's had a lot of leadership experience. Yes. So, but you were a little more behind the scenes mm-hmm. and you kind of were comfortable in that role yep. of, uh, don't look at me. Don't yep. make me talk to you yep. unless nobody's <laughs> noticing. Exactly. And so that's kind of where you functioned for a while. Mm-hmm. And then recently, uh, God sort of called you to the forefront a little bit. What did that look like? Yeah. So anyone that knows me knows that I am not the center of attention type person, but I do believe that he's, the Lord still works in the things that are unseen. And so I was happy and content there knowing that my giftings were being used. Um, and I was doing a lot of like scheduling and things behind the scenes, like you said, and Heather actually approached me about leading production. And in my mind, I was like, oh yeah, that's totally fine. Like I'll just add that to my to-do list and do behind the scenes stuff with scheduling and the script and sit on a computer. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Do it on my own time. Yeah. And you didn't ask enough questions. I didn't. You said yes. <laughs> now I know. So two days later or something like that, she's like, well, what do you think about actually leading the production meeting? I was like, meaning on Sunday morning. Yes. With like a with whole people. bunch of eyes watching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, uh, no, I didn't sign up for that. Yeah. So in me, everything in me was like, no, like I cannot do that. There's no way. And I knew that if I didn't obey in that moment that I'd be missing out on some crucial things that the Mm -hmm. Lord wanted to do through me. And so I believe that every step that I had taken up to that point had prepared me for that moment. That didn't mean like the fear just went away Mm -hmm. because it was on me like, Mm-hmm. overwhelmingly yeah. um, to the point where on Sundays, like I didn't even want to get up to go to church. Mm-hmm. It was that oppressive. Mm-hmm. And so the days that I would go and get up and walk in the doors, it was about a month where Heather, you actually took me to the side of the stage and we prayed that fear out. Mm-hmm. And um, we just prayed that the enemy would have no hold over my mind and my thoughts and like calm would just rush over my body. Yeah. And I led the meeting. Yeah. And um, now it's been, what, 10 months? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I still have mornings where I'm like, Lord, is this really from you? Is this what you want me to share? And then there are some weekends where I don't have anything and that releases um, the opportunity for other people to share. And we're really big about that, sharing stories because everyone has a story to share. So that's kind of where I'm at now. And um, I think if I'm continually taking steps towards him in obedience and like putting myself in the uncomfortable places that he is going to get the glory for that. Mm -hmm. And so my prayer now is that in those moments where he is saying yes, like Mm -hmm. I want to be the one to say yes to. Mm -hmm. Well, and I want to point out too, that there were no mornings that you decided not to show up. Right. You never bailed. You showed up. My insides wanted to bail. Your insides wanted to, but you showed up and you fought through the fear that was trying to hold you back Mm -hmm. and which is Satan. You know, fear comes from Satan. Um, and, and I'm so proud of you for that because 
so many people would have said, no, nope, this is too hard. I'm, I'm bailing. Yeah. And yeah. they would have. And, and there were a couple times where you were put in a situation to either have to make a decision or something was, and I wanted to step in and rescue you so badly because I've done this job for years and years mm-hmm. and years. And so for me, it was, it was a piece of cake, but for you, it was that you having to walk through that. And man, I, I literally had like, my tongue was bleeding <laughs> one day because I had to bite my lips so hard because I knew that like this was your process yeah. and the process is really the point, mm-hmm. right? The end result right. is not the whole point. It's the process of getting there. So I'm so proud of you because you, you didn't bail. Yeah. Well, thank you for seeing that in me and pushing me to do that. Cause I wouldn't have just come out and done that myself. Yeah. Yeah. And now you get to do that for other people, Yeah, which I think you are doing. And I think that's so powerful is that when we help create that lane for someone else and they walk in it and then they get to create it. And that's really, that's really creating disciples mm-hmm. yeah. for Jesus. So I'm hearing like you show up shaking mm-hmm. and you faith it, mm-hmm. right? Like literally, yeah. like I would be holding my phone in my hand with a script and I, my hand would just be like, shaking the whole entire yeah. time. Mm-hmm. And I also had this thing where when I started to pray, my eyes would like start to flutter. Mm. And it's the weirdest thing, but it's that it's tension yeah. too. Yeah. So yeah. you know what I've seen as you've done this is you've been faithful to walk through it in 10 months as I've seen you just explode mm-hmm. in um, growth yeah. and in maturity and in this knowledge of who God created you to be. Not just because you're comfortable in doing a task, but because you've begun to understand who it is that God has made you to be. Yes. And the fact that you can overcome the things that fear tries to keep you from and your insecurities because of the power power of Jesus mm-hmm. in you. Yeah, and I think something that's become so obvious as, as you've chosen to overcome that fear and step into a role that was super uncomfortable for you. God has shown that you have the gift of prayer, of prayer, mm. that praying out loud, like you, you have this intimacy that one, it disarms people mm-hmm. and it just kind of cuts right to the point. Mm. And I don't know that you knew that about yourself mm-hmm. before you took on this role. No. And, um, you know, I, I remember watching you transition from being super nervous to pray and you would sometimes pass it off right. to now just this confidence of, okay, let's pray and you'll pray and you might feel nervous on the inside, but on the outside, it's so anointed. Mm. And it's such a it's such a gift that you're given to the circle around you to um, just take your soul and, and everyone's, um, that hour that you're taking before the Lord. Yeah. Like, it's such a gift. So, well is done. It, Thank you. Is it true that at the beginning, and maybe you still do this, that you would write out your prayers ahead of time? I would. Um, I would actually... It would come to me, of course, like Friday or Saturday when I, in my mind, was like, I don't have enough time to like make sure that I'm reading this well or whatever. And my husband, bless his heart, he's always like, it doesn't matter if you read it off your phone even. Yeah. Um, just knowing that those words came from the Lord. Yes. But um, every single time I would show up, I would flip open my phone to do the script. And then when it came to praying... I flipped my phone off and I would put it away and the words would just flood out of me without mm-hmm. having to look at my phone. So I know that those steps are. Yeah. Ordered by the Lord. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I think that someone needs to hear that. Like it's okay for you to 
not appear perfectly polished in everything mm. in your communication with the Lord, even in front of people. Mm. It's totally okay to write out a prayer on your phone that the Lord has given you mm-hmm. yes. that you want to remember the exact words yeah. to that prayer for. Yeah. Um, we, we think that if it's from the Lord, that it has to be this spontaneous, just flowery. Actually, Jesus condemned the mm. people who came with these really elaborate prayers, you know, and he said, like, just, just pray, you know, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, you know, and it goes on from there. And he's just saying, like, he gave us a prayer to repeat. Right. So why do we think that it's, it's taboo More complicated than yeah, to, to make it something that just, it has to be this, the spontaneous thing. Not, it, and it can be, of course, yeah, sure. but maybe someone has some, can find some freedom in that. Mm. I think another thing is like, comparison. Mm-hmm. I would compare myself often to people that have prayed out loud or just mm-hmm. had more ministry experience than I did. And I can tell you like comparison, we talk about this is yeah. such a killer. Yeah. yeah. And the longer that you start comparing yourself or keep comparing yourself to people, the more you're going to miss out on the things that God wants to do in and through you because you're so right. Yes. Worried. Yes. You know, about doing something a specific way or doing something like somebody that else. looks like someone else. Yes. yes. You're so right. And Heidi said it earlier, your prayer disarms people. Your prayer is very intimate mm. and soft and gentle and uh, soothing yeah, when you tender. pray and mm-hmm. tender. You know, whereas like sometimes when I pray, I'm like almost forceful and, you know, like attacking the devil. And like that, that's just, that's how I pray. And so for you to compare yourself to me would be such a loss because we'd be losing out on the way you pray is needed and the way I pray is needed. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So one of your gifts, I want to touch on this because one of your gifts is organization. You are very gifted at being able to organize at making things look really beautiful, you know, um, is that something you were raised with or is that something that you, is that just kind of your own thing? Where did that gift set come from? So I would take it even further from organizing to OCD. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't think I was actually raised with it, but my grandma has very similar tendencies. Um, so it could have been passed on by her. I remember always having um, chores and stuff like that to do at home, so I don't remember my room ever being, you know, a mess. Um, But I will say that I probably took it to a little bit of the next level, (laughs) and like five hours later, I'd be like going through all my things in my room. Um, But now I think the importance of having it as a wife and as a mom is just how manageable life can be when things are in order, Mm -hmm. Um, because I feel like it. I couldn't live in chaos. I'd be like this, I don't know, stressed out ball of fury or something. I don't know. So, okay, so I don't, I love, I love doing it. Yeah. So it's, it's obviously a gift that you have. Does it, it, do you ever find that it can control you? Oh yes. Very much so. Especially, well, before Phil and I got married, it was kind of at like a height. Mm -hmm. And once we got married, like, there were a lot of moments I would be going through things that didn't need to be organized or, mm. you know, it was just very, very controlling. Mm. Um, like and that perfectionism. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. And that would transition into my life. Mm. It wasn't just a certain 
you know, it wasn't just the organizing factor. It was, I have to do things perfectly. Mm -hmm. Like this has to look a certain way or it was just kind of in me. And so praying that out of me and also becoming a mom to a boy (laughs) has pulled that out of me. I've started to realize like the reason why the Lord gave me kale. And that's not like the biggest reason, obviously, but it's, it's definitely part of it. And it's definitely breaking that in me, which I'm thankful for Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it took a lot of time, Yeah, you know, away from, from my family. And yeah, it can really control you in a way that is negative too. Something that can be really positive can also be so negative Mm -hmm. because it can take you off of focus of what's right in front of you. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. I don't know if I've ever talked to you about this before, but this just popped into my, my mind. So I'm going to ask you. Okay. Do you and Phil ever fight? Do we ever fight? We have disagreements. Yeah. Okay. But I don't think that we ever have like, we've ever had a full blown out fight. We like get under each other's skin. Like you've been married six years and you've never had a fight. Not that I can remember. He should probably be sitting next to me because he's the one that has the good memory. I'm over here like, well, you are uh, pregnant. What, what's so today? You, you, you get a pass. You get a pass. Okay, so when you disagree, what what does that look like? Oh, dear. like do you go silent? Are I you go the stonewaller. Yes, okay. I go crazy silent, and he's like quick to forgive. I'm like, I'm not ready for that yet. Oh, yeah. You know, you got to give me some some time to like think about what just happened. Uh-huh. Like, I need a moment to be yeah, mad. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not sorry yet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but we do. We've learned that it's way better to come to the other and yeah. be like, I was wrong, or I felt this way, or yeah. you know, actually communicating about it. Because if you don't communicate, then it just festers. Yeah. In the beginning stages of our marriage, when I had issues with with something that was going on, I literally would hold it all in until like a breaking point. Yeah. And I'd be like, this, 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 and have like a long list. And here he's not even knowing that there was an issue. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's kind of common with women sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So with, let's talk about mothering with your... You talked about just praying and asking the Lord to kind of take some of that perfectionism, yeah. some of that, in your words, OCD, mm-hmm. and help curb it a little bit. Um, so then Kale enters the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel like Kale entering the, sh- the scene changed your role, or if it did, as a, as a wife? I don't think it actually changed my role as a wife, but it just reminded me of what my role was. Um, and that I chose Phil first Mm. and like kids can take up so much of your time and your energy, especially in the throes of baby. Yeah. And it would be just such a miss on our part if we, um, just forgot about our spouse in that season. Um, cause your kids are only there for a short amount of time, Yeah, but your spouse, like you committed to them. Yeah. They are with you for life. Mm -hmm. And, um, it could get to that point. Like if you, if you miss out on that time of fighting for your marriage, fighting for your spouse, fighting, fighting for time mm-hmm. with them, mm-hmm. um, in those early stages and then your, your kids leave, then it's like living with a stranger. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've been really impressed with how you both have handled, um, parenting. I yes. think sometimes, you see people who have their first baby and it just, it kind of takes them completely off course. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and, and I feel like, you know, at least for a season that happens. And I feel like with you and Phil, like you didn't miss a beat. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, you, you had to go through, we all have to go through a learning process of what it means to have this, this addition to our family and this child that we're responsible for now. Keeping him alive. But you guys, you didn't pull back from the things that you're called to. And I, that's rare. That's really rare that you said, we don't see this as, um, we're not sidelined because of this adding, isn't a push pause. Yeah, adding yeah. this child to our lives. Yeah. You said we're bringing our child into the call of God on our lives. Yeah, was that intentional, or what caused that? Honestly, when this is kind of a when Kale was first born, um, Phil lost his job. My husband lost his job when he was four months old, mm-hmm. and so. There was so much going on in that early stage of parenting Mm. that took our focus, I think, away from all the change that actually happened. Yeah. Um, We sold our house and we actually moved in with your sweet parents. Mm -hmm. And then we moved in with my in-laws and that was probably seven to nine months of, you know, Kale's first time here on earth, you know? And um, so... Honestly, like we didn't realize all the change that happened until we bought our second home and it was just the three of us. And I was excited about it. Mm -hmm. Like that was something that I'm like, okay, we're finally here. We finally can just be us. And I remember pulling up into our driveway, walking into our house, walking through the kitchen and going into our living room, which we didn't have anything in there at at that moment because... We had sold a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. um, just for storage reasons and things like that. But I just remember falling on the ground and just weeping Mm. because in that moment, it was like my whole identity was being questioned. Mm. Like, am I a good enough mom? Mm. Am I a good enough wife? Mm. Um, Am I a good enough leader? Mm -hmm. And it was just so heavy. Mm -hmm. Like, this should have been like one of the happiest days, you know, of our lives as a family. And in that moment, it was just like stripped from me. But I do believe that God allows us to go through specific seasons in order to reveal himself to us, more of himself to us. Yeah. And don't you you feel like that's how, so God is in the moment of restoring you guys. Mm -hmm. He's in the moment of giving you this incredible gift. Like here is a home. Yes. Here is a job. Here is this place for you to put down roots. Mm -hmm. And the enemy goes... I'm going to attack you with everything I've got. I'm going to make you feel so insignificant and just totally miss the gift Mm -hmm. that's right here in front of you. Don't you just feel like so often that's what we walk through Yeah. as specifically as believers, because we're the enemy of, you know, of Satan who hates believers. So he just tries to come and steal and destroy. Yes. And I think when we become aware of what's happening is when we can actually go, no, that's the enemy. Those are the lies. This is the gift. Right. Yeah. So how did you overcome that? Did it, I mean, was it an instant thing or was it a process? Um, that was like the first day that everything actually hit me. And so it took a few days to kind of like process through it, but I just came back. I kept coming back to the fact that God like showed himself so faithful and so constant and so good in that season of waiting that nine months of waiting um, and Phil has an awesome job now where he can work from home. And that's something that we laughed about. Like, yeah, like that's ever going to happen for us. And we talked about how, 
you know, work takes a lot of time away from your family. And when that, when that came up in his interview, we were like, what? Like, this isn't anything that we really even prayed for. Yeah. And God was just like, here, you know, you were mm. so faithful in the waiting. Like, this is for you. Yes. So. Hmm. Oh, that's so good. That's really cool. And I think it's so good for all of us to hear it too, that you can have that moment on the floor where you weep and you just mm. feel like, I can't do it. But then you pick yourself up off the ground and you yeah. say, yes, I can because of God's promises, yeah. because of God's faithfulness. And you remember what he's done before mm-hmm. and you say he's going to do it again. Yeah. And he carries yeah. you through every time. Yeah. I think there's been this theme that I've noticed about you, Becca. I remember the first time I had a conversation with you. Well, the first conversation I recall, and we were sitting in this little town on Main Street in a little deli outside. Yep. Was this our first conversation? Main Street For deli. the most part, yeah. I think so. And we sat there, and I don't even remember why I set up the conversation, to be honest. Do you, do you remember? You probably remember. And so we're sitting down, and we're having this conversation, and I just remember, I remember watching you, and I remember thinking, man, God is going to do something with this young woman. Mm-hmm. And you were you were struggling with security and who you were in Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, and just comparison. And I remember thinking, man, God is up to something with this girl. And I am so excited to see what it is. And then as the years have gone by, the thing I love so much is you've often come, whether it's to Heather or myself or other women around you that you know are for you, mm-hmm. that you know believe in you, and you've been honest about this is my struggle. Mm-hmm. This is where I feel like I'm, I'm maybe not measuring up or I, I feel insecure. And you, you voiced those things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so, I think that's so important in your growth is that humility that you've shown because sitting there that day at that little table, you didn't have to trust me because right. you didn't really know me that well. And I didn't know you. Um, but you were pretty honest about some things that were hard in your life. And I just remember thinking her humility is what is actually going to put her into into her leadership. And so I just think that's really important for people to know and to hear is that even if we struggle with perfectionism, (laughs) we don't have to have it all together. Right. You know, we don't have to present this perfect picture. And so often when we actually set down the facade is when we can go, here's what's really hard under the surface. How do I link arms with somebody to get through this? And I think you've done that really well. Thank you. And how do you expect yourself to be, you know, pruned and and um, grow if you're not able to bring those things to light? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. And I love what you said, Heidi, because it really was Becca's humility and her willingness that even because as we were launching, starting this church four years ago, you know, and asking them to come along, you guys were in your mid-20s, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And young to be asked to come on a leadership of a church, which is a huge responsibility. Mm -hmm. But I believe that it was because of your humility and because you wanted to learn and you, and your willingness Mm -hmm. and you, you'd already counted the cost, Mm -hmm. even though you didn't fully know what it was, you had said, we're willing to give our lives to this. Um, even if it's hard. And I, I think that that's so, so cool. Okay. On a super lighthearted note, what's your favorite date night with Phil? Favorite date. 
honestly, I'm such a homebody, you guys. And so <laughs> making like a pizza and having um, drinks or dessert together on the couch and just watching a, one of our favorite shows or watching football mm-hmm. on a Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. That's so, that's so me. I love that. <laughs> it is. I love that. It's that, it's that the ordinary can be extraordinary. Yeah. 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 Mm. That's so beautiful. <laughs> what would you tell 20-year-old Becca if you could go back to her? I would probably tell myself two things. One of them is God's ways are always higher than your own mm. and to stay connected to the people that push you towards Jesus. Mm. Those would be my two bits of advice. That's so good. Which I think you took your own advice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It took a little while. To, like, realize those things, but... Well, Becca, I think you're loving people really beautifully. Mm. I think that you are really honoring Jesus with the gifts he's given you. Mm. I love what you said earlier about you recognize that you couldn't compare yourself. You know, I I just think of the three of us sitting here. Mm. So we're both a, a bit ahead of you in ministry and life and marriage, and it would have been easy for you to go, okay, I'm going to compare myself to the other women on this leadership yeah. team. But it wouldn't have been apples to apples, would right, it? Right, Because we were in totally different seasons. Yeah. And um, you guys had a lot more, you know, years of ministry under your belt too. So, yeah. It's very different. But you, um, you've just, you've walked a really beautiful journey mm-hmm. of going, like, I'm just, I'm all in. Mm-hmm. I want this to be Jesus and I'll, I'll bring whatever gift I've got mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll give it. Yeah. And so the word gracious comes to mind. Yes. You're very gracious in your demeanor and in your leadership and in your role, in your role. Yeah. So publicly, we love you so much. We're so proud of you. Thank you so much. So, and we love your men. Yeah. We're excited to find out what this sweet little baby too is. Hoping for a boy. Hoping for back to back boys are super fun. <laughs> yeah. Boy but mom. girls are awesome. Yeah. You, you can't go wrong. Yeah. You can't <laughs> go wrong. Well, Becca, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. On the h Hour. It's been fun. Yeah, it has been. So fun. Listeners, thanks for joining in. We hope that something has blessed your heart today. We are confident that it has. Um, a fun note about Becca. Yes. She's actually the one, if you've seen us use our H&H mugs, or if you've seen yes. some of our guests use them, she's the one who first made them and gave them to us at the very beginning of all of this. Yeah, I mean, we had like a couple episodes out and she gifted them to us. Yeah, because she notices yeah. people and she, she she's so good at blessing people with things yeah. like that. So, Well, the thing I love about that is the first mug you gave us, Becca, is still the mug I use almost every single morning if it's clean. <laughs> mm-hmm. And sometimes I pull it out of my dishwasher and clean it because it just reminds me of you. Mm-hmm. It reminds me that, man, there are people that I just don't want to let go of, yeah. you know, so... Sometimes God does that, doesn't he? He puts mm-hmm. people in your life and he's like, this This is one yeah. you stick with. I love that God has gifted me in that. He mm-hmm. allows me to see people in a certain way. And, I, and like something will happen and then I'll think about that constantly and be like, I need to do something about that. And mm-hmm. That's good. So I'm really, it. really, really good at that. Yes, you and are. I think that that's something that maybe someone needs to hear. If they're having those thoughts and they can't get this person and this idea off their mind. Go act on it. Mm-hmm. It's the Holy Spirit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think so many of our guests that have been on now have those mugs because of Becca. Yes. So that's so cool. fun. And I promise someday we will have them again. Swag is for, coming. For all of our listeners. It is coming. It's on our to-do list. It is. 
Well, thank you so much for listening. We're so glad that you do. If you would like to share this with a friend, mm-hmm. that's the best way, really, yep. Heidi, is just to tell a friend, text a friend, screenshot this on your podcast app yep. and say, hey, here's a great episode. I think you could really relate to this girl, Becca, and I want you to hear her story. Um, that's what I do with podcasts. Yep. I think I share probably at least five a week. Yep. And I'm not exaggerating. I share them with tons of people in my life. So um, do that, and that helps everyone else's stories get out there too. Yeah. And thank you so much for listening. As always, you can text us or email us or message us on Instagram with prayer requests. We will pray for you, and we will talk to you next time.